Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, August 30th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And hey, you hear that sweet music, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. We got live football, baby. Yes, sir. We get to react to week zero of the college football season, and we have already got some interesting topics to discuss. We had a little bit of unexpected happenings happen, and I am excited about it. Uh, We found out that if you didn't play in 2020, probably isn't a good thing looking forward, at least for early in this season. Um, You know, we'll talk about all this, and we've got NFL news we got some NFL stuff leading into the season. Of course, the season begins here in a couple of weeks, but uh, but we are going to dive into all of it. Let me go ahead and give you the rundown. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. You can find everything you need to know about us over there, including where to subscribe to the show, where to follow us on social media, etc., etc. If you are listening on the podcast and you have not subscribed, go ahead and do so right now, please, and thank you very much. Leave a nice five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. And, of course, there's the YouTube page, which is Picking up steam as we get into the college football season and the NFL season. If you have not already subscribed there, go ahead and knock it out. We are hopping on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. so that you can check the show out. And, of course, we will have the podcast available as well. So, all of that said, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. And we have got a promo code for you, 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. Use the promo code NCAAF2021. There is a link in the description for it. It's very simple to do. And I'm telling you, you need to go ahead and check it out. It is such an easy layout. They are easy to work with. There's so many different ways to deposit money and get money back out and all that kind of stuff. It's just simple. It's easy to work with. It works from anywhere. The mobile stuff is good. So go and check it out. BetUS, where the game begins BetUS.com, promo code NCAAF2021. There is a link in the description, like I said. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, I do a college football show for BetUS. You can go find the link in the description. Chris does one for SBR, Sportsbook Review. You can find it at SBRPicks.com slash NCAAF. There is a link in the description for that one as well. So go ahead and dive in. Chris was great on Saturday morning. Make sure that you check out his show on Saturdays. Uh, Chris, what is the schedule now for you guys? It's we will be it'll be coming out so we do basically a game day show on saturday mornings right. live and then we have a um 
opening line show that'll come out Monday evenings, and we have our big game picks will come out Wednesday, probably Wednesday evening as well. Sounds good. All right, so our show is Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central on BetUS, and at 11 a.m. Central on Thursdays. So check out BetUS, check out SBR, all that good stuff. Let's dive into the topics of the weekend. Here's what I've got written down first, okay? When does Scott Frost get fired? That's my first question. I think that's the only, well, I have, I that's have the an, only thing I have that happened now. Like, <laughs> I have an answer that I don't think most people agree with. I, I don't think there's any way on earth that happens during the season, and there's the world in which they they ride another one out. It's entirely possible. I think that they see right now that they are going to have a ton of losses on this schedule. That Oklahoma game in a few weeks is going to be a disaster. Absolutely. My under disaster. my under bet about the third quarter of that game, they were they were starting to make a little bit of a comeback by the end of the third quarter. And I thought even if they win this game, I had them winning this game and I still had them missing the under by a game and a half. It, this team is not getting to eight wins. I I, I have no uh, they're, idea. They're not getting to six wins. I don't believe. No, I, no, no. They're, they're not going. No, they're not going bowling. Uh, I I really do think, and I haven't seen anybody else play football. Okay, so I'm making a massive amount of assumptions off of one team without seeing the others. I think Maryland's better than this team. I think they might be in consideration for DFL of of it's, of of the Big Ten. It's entirely possible because they so the wide receivers. Adrian Martinez was was fine, but he still had those crippling mistakes throughout the game that ended up swinging the game uh, in Illinois' favor. Yeah. And we will talk about Bielema and all that here in just a little bit, but the the EPA and everything else, like Adrian Martinez was the only playmaker for Nebraska. Everybody was saying that this is the best collection of wide receivers and skill players that they've had there. Brett Bielema is either a damn wizard like, or what? They couldn't get open. I don't know who these DBs are that he had transferred come in. No, they couldn't it, get separation. They had to run. They couldn't get separation routes. at all. At all. Like, they had a t- they had one tight end that was big as shit that got wide open and he overthrew him four times. But the one guy, I don't know how you overthrow because he's the biggest some bitch on the field, and and he 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 he's the only guy I ever saw get wide open. And most of those, you're exactly right, were on rub routes that just didn't get called. Yes, and so on top of that, there were several opportunities, especially in the first half, where they just left points on the board. They yes. they missed field goals. The wide open receivers early in that game that Martinez just just missed, missed. could just not missed. hit him. And four years into this guy, I feel like he should be better than what he is. And that's all that we heard was, oh, we got the like the other guys transferred out because they all knew Martinez is improving and blah 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 like. I didn't see it. I still don't no. see it. And they don't no, have he's not like they have no speed. They have no I I cannot figure out what to do with this team. And honestly, they probably still should have won the game. So should have won the game. I, I I completely agree. The tap there's no arguing. The talent on Nebraska's side is far superior than the talent on Illinois side. Nobody can debate this. Well, uh, all right, so so is Brent will, Bielema that much better of a coach than, than Scott Frost? I think so. Well, there's a world, right? It's true. And yeah. you know how much I love Brett. You know how much I love Brett. All right. So this has been the this has been the question that we've kicked around a little bit. Okay. If you're Brett and Nebraska says, uh, uh, 
hey, we're going to go a different route. I know you've been in Illinois for five minutes, but you're obviously better than what we have. Uh, do you want to come make more money and coach for us? Would you take that job if you're Brett? So I don't think that Nebraska would be willing to pay Scott a whole Frost lot. And what it, and what it yeah. takes to, to, to buy Brett out. And I, and I think that it's a little bit embarrassing for Nebraska to hire a, a guy that Illinois was at Wisconsin and, and Illinois, right? Like yeah. I, I think that's what that is. So I... But, hey, I, but just from Brett's perspective, is Illinois a better job than Nebraska right now? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think you can so, make so you, they don't have the fans. They they don't have the NIL support that Nebraska is going to have. Okay, they don't have the fan base that Nebraska's got. Not so two big things that are going to measure recruiting. Illinois doesn't have. I still think I would rather be at a place that's not as toxic because it seems like some shit is going on in that athletic department to where. We're just going to play friends and family myriad around. Every, everybody that we've talked to that we know seems to think that they're just going to hire another Nebraska guy. We're going to end up with, with Michigan chasing its tail again. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I think this is the dumbest thing in the world to do. You're going to close off. You're going to narrow the gap of possible coaches simply because you want somebody who will answer to your bidding, who will do things your quote unquote your way. No, no. Go outside of the family and hire the best person for the job. And who gives a shit where he went to school? Yes, yes. And so I, I, I've got a buddy of mine that actually brought up one of these subjects that was like, okay, so at what point can we say that success in the AAC doesn't matter? Because look at Scott Frost, look at Fuente, you know, look at whoever, right? There's just Kevin Sumlin, Tom Herman, you start naming off all these names of guys that were super successful in the American Athletic Conference, and then they get to these other jobs, and it's not like they don't have opportunity at those jobs, but I do think that in some cases, it's just the program. Like, I don't think Tom Herman is a bad coach. I don't I, I don't know that Scott Frost is a bad coach. I, it kind of seems like But hang on like now, so, so let's let's stop, and, and let, me, let me ask you this. So Tom Herman leaves Houston, and he goes there. Does if he takes the LSU job, is he successful? Or is he not? Is it Texas that's the problem, or what, is it the AAC guys that are the problem? So I brought because up because you're you're bringing up unique situations where yes. these coaches go to places, and it would be different if every coach before them was succeeding. They keep landing jobs where every person before them is a failure. Now, obviously, not 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 Fuente, not, not Fuente because he went to a place where. But they haven't changed coaches over in yeah. 35 years before he got there. So here's here's what I said. I said, well, you could honestly just say that about any modern, super successful G5 coach. Right. Like, it's not just the AAC. It's We have not seen a lot of G5 coaches other than Chris Ur- Peterson. Urban Urban Meyer and Chris Peterson are the, are the two, right? Yeah. That's, and and Ur- we're not talking Urban about built like Bowling legacy. Green, Urban built Utah, and then Urban was successful everywhere he's been. Chris Peterson, same thing. So I, I'm not saying that uh, that nobody has been successful, period. I'm just saying we haven't seen it a lot, and a lot of it has to do with these jobs that they're going to and yes, the inner workings there, right? So I think, I think the job they're picking has a bigger issue to do with the success than, than the than, – it's not a chicken and egg thing. Yeah. I don't think that because they were a successful coach at the American, that doesn't mean they can't succeed at the next level. I think the jobs that they're getting are not good jobs, and it doesn't matter who you put there. 
you know, unless you're be an tough. Irvin or a Saban type, I just don't see a lot of people going in these places and succeeding. And if those two came into Texas or a place like that to succeed, they would not succeed the way Texas wants to. They would not succeed the way Nebraska wants to. They would tell all those folks, leave the checkbook, get the hell out. This is my athletic department. Yeah, yeah. I There's so many things at work with these different places because I do think in a lot of these situations, they just have a significantly better talent advantage at the AAC school than they do at these P5 schools. Like At, at, at UCF, the talent advantage is massive over these right. other schools. At Nebraska... They, there really is no hang on big now, talent but, but but that 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 gap has shortened a lot. The talent this year, the talent gap at UCF ain't close to what it used to be because Cincinnati is just as good as them. Tulsa is going to be really good. Houston's still going to be really good. Memphis Agreed. is going to be okay. Like like they're not going to have the massive talent gap that they used to have. Agreed. So I'm yes, saying Scott that, Frost. I'm, Scott Frost got it. Got it and got that ability. Yeah, when I, Frost was there. I don't. I don't know that Heupel had that. Okay? No, because Heupel Tom didn't Herman, Tom Herman absolutely was there in the early days. But now, you know, uh, uh, Fuente was there. And, and yes, he had talent. Nobody else did. But Mike Norvell had to deal with everybody being pretty good. Yes, yes. So I wonder absolutely. if the new batch of coaches that come out of the American are going to be more ready for these jobs um, and more prepared because the competition of the entire conference. I, hell, SM, didn't even bring up SMU. Um, so right. – you know, the American has gotten significantly better over over the course of time. Um, I don't know, man. I just think some of these places are bad. I, I, I don't look at Nebraska as a job that – I'm going to tell you this. Nebraska is not Kansas, but Nebraska definitely has to figure out, do they want to bring in one of these uh, academy guys? somebody yeah, to, to yeah. run a gimmick offense well, no, you, just you don't even need the gimmick. Close. You don't need the gimmick. What you need is somebody that understands what the identity of a Midwestern football team should be there or a go. team that's in that's the Big it. Ten West, which is exactly that's why we were talking about Bielema being perfect for the job in the first place. Oh, yeah. Like, you got to have somebody that is going to buff up the offensive line the offensive line and defensive line for that and matter. Because, you, you have to win in the trenches if you want to play Big Ten football. Yes. I, look, Illinois kind of whipped them a little bit. Like yes, it, I mean it was just it, so here here look at uh, looking at advanced stats and whatnot. Um, I like this new site called GameOnPaper.com. Yep. So passing EPA, Illinois was one point zero three EPA per pass yesterday, which is not good. Nebraska was negative five point five passing the ball, like that's insane. Um, They're bad rushing the ball. Illinois, negative 2.52. That's not good. Nope. Nebraska, 9.75 EPA running the football. They were able to run the ball with Martinez, and they kept trying to get him to pass. I'm telling you, the late game antics, like this was a team that was just outcoached by Bielema and, and the Illini. Like, period. Yeah. They were out. They looked so lost, so confused. And honestly, Scott Frost, at the end of the game, when he was doing his post-game press conference and all that, and he said, it's the same movie. Like, it, it looks like the same way that we've lost every time. And it's like, yeah, that's because you are not coaching these guys correctly. So, yeah, for you're some not doing, reason. You, you've got to figure, if you've watched the same movie enough, you should be smart enough to figure out what to do different. Like, I, I, after, after all these years of Martinez, I think we know what he is. 
But the problem is, is they don't have anybody else. Therein lies the issue. They've let all, all these other guys go. Are they not recruiting anyone else? Why, if you're a young recruit, why are you not going to Nebraska saying, I know I can take that guy's job. I know I can start here. Nobody you know, wants to come play football for you. 247 Sports has their college team talent composite rating out right now. And Nebraska, and so it just came out yesterday. Like, they always do it the first day of the season, right? Yeah. Um, it came out yesterday, and... This is for this year's team, right? This is for this year's team, right? Yeah. Nebraska is 28th. They are right, right above Mississippi State, right above Utah, right above uh, TCU, who's 31st. And I think then, Mississippi State would beat this team by 30. Which, by the way, Wisconsin is number 34 as far as team talent goes. Like, yeah. It, it's Wisconsin's not, going to be a 15-point favorite against them. Yes. Nebraska has 20 four stars on their team out of 77 commits right but they can't get a quarterback gary it's yes it's not but it's not even that like the guys that they had running the football they it it was aside from adrian martinez right yes the guys running the football couldn't do anything nope like that offensive line could not block and you're talking about stars on the field you're talking about guys who are supposed to have talent these receivers could not get separation i i watched this game and and I'm I'm looking at guys covered everywhere. I'm looking at Martinez getting pressure sacks, not because they're rushing him so well. It, it's because it's because nobody is open. Yes. And I'm thinking, where did these DBs come from for Illinois? They all have to be transfers because see, they couldn't the cover they couldn't cover anybody last year. I don't think they're that good. I don't. I don't, I don't either. Think they're that good. So you're telling me the stars on the name of the back? So is this? Is this those guys really weren't four stars when they went to Nebraska and somehow the whole grading system for college football is bad? Or is Nebraska are they regressing at this school? Are they getting worse? Uh I think it's somewhat similar to the Texas situation under Tom Herman, right? Like they have a bunch of highly ranked recruits that go there and then never develop and they never become what they're supposed to be. And that's on the that's coaches. That's so weird. That's so it's just the strangest thing in the world for me to understand. I can't understand that. I don't it's, know how to wrap weird. my head around that. It's weird to look at it and say, okay, like what was the – what happened? What happened with yes. these guys, with basically everybody? Um, because Scott Frost, nobody when he left UCF said that he was going to be a disastrous hire. Everybody no. was curious, like, will it work? And and a lot of people were, oh, he's going to have Nebraska win a national championship. That's this right. And that. Maybe it's karma from claiming a 2017 national championship. I don't know. No. <laughs> no he, had, he, had, he had nothing to do no, with that. It, but I do wonder about it because he he looked so innovative, so good. But I do wonder if there's something about going into that division because it, it kind of seems like once you get there, you're either a lifer or you are knocked the hell out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. If you look at the coaches around that the, around that division in football, they're, they're either there forever or it's a revolving door and they can't they can't find their footing. Yeah. I mean, Bielema was there and no, Bielema, for Bielema left. Now, and Bielema had legitimate reasons for leaving. Yes. Legitimately reasons for leaving. He wanted to go somewhere where every year he didn't have to hire a new OC and a DC every year because 
they were just getting paid more. They weren't getting promotions. They were they were just going from making ninety five thousand dollars to four hundred thousand yes. dollars. And that's that's, that's, all, all that's all he wanted was to get his get his assistants to not leave him for a better job that just paid more. Yeah, um, because Wisconsin, Wisconsin would not pay assistant coaches yeah, back then. They just they just no. didn't do it back then. But anyway, uh, I think if Brett had his way now, he would have never left. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, the only people that seem to leave for other jobs, and they are not as good jobs, are no. the guys that, that are typically at Wisconsin, right? Other than that, right. like, and we haven't seen anybody leave Nebraska for a better job. We haven't seen anybody leave, which Ference has been at Iowa forever. Um, you know, you just look at the entire division, and nobody's leaving, and if they are, it's because they're getting fired. So, and it is interesting. That is just the one division in football that has just refused to adapt and change. So the rest of the rest of college football has said defense has gone a little bit of the way of the dodo. And if you're not putting your best players on offense, then we're not we're not functioning correctly. Yeah. All right. And the Big Ten West has just said no, no. We're going to build in the lines on both sides. We're still going to play football the way it was played in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. And if you can throw a little bit, then you're going to be way more innovative than everybody else. But if you want to run a, a, a run and shoot massive spread offense, you come into this division, you might be really good outside of the division. But in the division, we're going to beat the hell out of you. Hey, look at Purdue. That's I mean, it. Jeff Brom, uh, he had yeah. one season where he was uber successful. And, Major and by magic. Uber, that was yeah. like what they they won a bowl game. They were like seven and six or, or whatever it was. Um, I don't even know if they won the bowl, but they beat Ohio State that year. That's right. right? They, they just beat, beat the brakes off of them. And everything about it. And everybody assumed, oh, Brom has figured this out. He's coming nope. in. He's changing it up. And what? I, every year since they have gotten blasted by and, everybody that plays bully ball football in the West. Yes, and it will. So continue congratulations. On. You might be able to put a bunch of points up when you don't play us four teams. But when you play Wisconsin, when you play Iowa, when you play Northwestern, you're you're going to get beat up. Yes. We're gonna play we're gonna play us three are gonna play a certain way. And if you want to play different than us, good luck with that. Uh biggest play in this game with Nebraska and Illinois was Adrian Martinez being sacked by Randolph. Um, and then it was uh, recovered by Calvin Hart. Right. I was about to say the sack, yeah, like, the sack fumble. That was because that that was immediately after a Nebraska forced fumble, where okay they got a shot with like fifty something seconds left to be able to get down the field. It was nine nine at the time. I know we spent a ton of time on this game. This is about the only game worth spending time on. Yeah. Um, I have a question. What do you think of safety? How like at what point in time? I've seen coaches, I've seen players from well-coached football teams make big mistakes. Okay, I've seen it happen. Bill Belichick has had punt returners make huge kerfuffles. All right, yeah. and nobody has been more coached up or prepared for a game than a Bill Belichick coach team. I've seen it happen. It happens at Alabama. It happens. At, happens everywhere. When this kid did this, my first thought was, "Is well, that makes total sense." Is he's never been taught how to how to play football? That's like, a, yeah, nobody has taught him. And I think, all right, am I too knee-jerk reaction, or do we just see all of the mistakes and the sloppiness of this team and just assume nobody's teaching these guys very basic fundamentals of their team? Put your yep. heels on the 10-yard line. If the ball goes over your head, block somebody and hope it goes in the end zone. This is not a hard concept to grasp. This you and I have had this. To learn. Yeah, we've had this discussion on this show, I want to say every year. You know how every I am. Every year. Like I'm, I am old man football guy. Yeah. Fundamentals, 
It put your heels on the ten yard line, like you said. Let the ball go and over your head. It block don't, somebody. Don't make a mistake. Don't let them go catch it. You block them. Yes. And when I saw him do that, my initial reaction was, I might need to make a live line bet on Illinois because yeah. this no. team is stupid. Like that's right. <laughs> they just that's don't right. know. And I, I don't know. So it, the the post game. And at that point in time, it like, looked like Illinois could not get a first down unless it was penalties. Right. Illinois' offense was so bad at that point. I still felt very confident that two point lead was going to be enough. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of how I felt. Um, I the the post game press conference where Frost is talking about it's the same movie, it's the same movie, it's whatever. Um, he is talking about how they didn't do this in practice. <laughs> Any coach that does that is immediately dead to me because you cannot. And I understand that there is blame to be placed on the players. But this is on the coaches. When it's fundamentals and you see the same mistakes happening over and over again, it's on, you either get that guy out of there and put somebody else in or you teach that crap and practice that crap out of them. Like, you cannot come out and say, well, they didn't do this in practice, so I don't know what's going on. Like, we had them coached up, but they just messed up. Like, that's what that says is they messed up. And I got, I, I got I, no respect so- for guys that do that. But you, but you know my philosophy with this kind of stuff. Once, once I no longer have any value in anything you say or do, I, I, I just I no longer need to listen. From this point forward, I will watch um, Nebraska games because they're going to have some meaningful games that are going to matter, and I'm I'm going to need to see how they show up, and maybe they get better. Man, then at the end of the day, they could roll off eleven other wins. It doesn't matter. I don't need to hear anything else from Scott Frost ever again. Yeah. I'm I'm now done. I've got three years of listening to you making excuses, being being heralded as the savior. That's fine. That's fine. That wasn't your fault. That was somebody else who who put a lot of expectation on you. That's that's not a problem. I have seen what you've put on the field. I've seen you recruit. I've seen you develop, or in my opinion, not develop. I think these guys are getting worse under him. Like yes. I would love I another coach that's hot seat. I would love to know how good Adrian Martinez would have been under like a Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, like like yeah. I'm not saying he's second coming of, of of Andrew Luck here, okay? But I think even under Jim's system, he's a hell of a lot better was, than he is under. Small I was going to bring up Harbaugh because I'm like, close. I'm close. These are the two guys that were coming home that were supposed to be the saviors, and now Harbaugh has had success. Like now, way Har- more Harbaugh's than had success. He just can't beat Ohio State. That guy's yeah. had nine, ten win seasons, eleven win seasons. He just can't beat Ohio State. That ju- that's just drawing the short straw as as you know the the sports gods and this is this is the time frame of life where where your rivalry is just that much better than you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're ready to move on. Yeah, let's get out of here. UCLA forty four, Hawaii ten. Over overreaction time. Now the line started to move back towards UCLA for this LSU game. We're not going to discuss the odds here because obviously we've got college football gambling shows that we got to dive into. But uh, this was a trenches domination. This was this offensive and defensive. Game. Yes, it, it was. I, I fully expected Hawaii to win this. I, I lost my bet on this. Uh, I, was well, I didn't think 2. Hawaii could win. I thought Hawaii would cover like, 17. Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I got Hawaii at 18, yeah. and I thought, okay, Chip is okay. going to come out. I, when you said win, I was like, I never yeah. thought they'd win. But by win, I mean not, I meant not getting beat by three scores, I thought was was well within I, my coverage. I meant cover the spread, but either okay. way. Um, no, I didn't expect that I didn't have. No, it, it, was, it was UCLA. I expected to come out super vanilla, not show anything, 
prep for next week. And and I just I whiffed. I whiffed on this one bad. Uh, did you yeah. have the same feeling that I did? No, I did too. It, it, same reasoning, Sue. I thought I thought UCLA wanted to be developed. But here's the other thing: this game didn't look anything like I thought. I thought Hawaii's. Are we sure Todd Graham's good? Or has UCLA got a real defense? So here is a slight issue that Hawaii has been dealing with. Their their COVID case count and whatnot has skyrocketed over the past like okay. month and a half. And I, probably, I, have, I paid zero attention. And there that. are like a bunch of restrictions that are being put in place. They're not even allowing fans at the games in Hawaii. I knew, like I knew that. It, but, I, but I think it's actually affected the practice schedule a little bit. Like okay. I've been reading into some of that. Um, They're all and fits. I just missed it. Like One of two things happened. Either UCLA's defense looks better than I've ever seen any Chip Kelly defense in my life, which could happen. That, we'll find out maybe next week if we get two weeks in a row of good defense. Or Hawaii's offense, there's something wrong there. Hawaii's offense, uh, total EPA was negative 12.96. They They're, looked bad. It, they didn't score until garbage time. Oh, yeah. I think it was – they had a field goal, I think, early in middle in the third quarter after that. Yep. I mean, it, it was trash time before they put you in the end zone. Uh, Hawaii allowed 16 havoc plays. I mean, it was it was the domination of the the defensive line for UCLA and the offensive UCLA. line. UCLA, like, that's right. I, UCLA oh, no, the just, offensive line, I kind of expected though, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely think so. I, I um, knew UCLA was going to score. I thought it was going to be high scoring because I thought, hell, I had a team total over on Hawaii. I had, yeah, I mean, I thought Hawaii was going to put points up. So Dorian Thompson Robinson, the great. the quarterback. Uh, yeah, I mean, look. Looked great when, you know, he's running the ball and, and this and that. And the issue, though, is his EPA per play was negative .06 because he was 9 out of 19 for 86 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Um, I That's not right. He, he threw one touchdown, didn't he? I was about to say, that, that can't be right. He had yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had one touchdown. He had one touchdown. There we go. All right, so they, they just had that one stat wrong. Um, but it, it was the running game. That, that dominated for UCLA. Zach Charbonnet, six carries, 106 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, that's that's absurd. It was the running game that was able to to work. Um, I mean, they had just barely over 100 yards passing. Like, I I, I just – that's not going to beat you, uh, beat LSU, right? So, so no, that's not going to beat LSU. But, but I do think in, in the Pac-12 South and in the Pac-12 in general, I do think that – UCLA showed, hey, they have got a competent football team, and that's going to go a long way in the pack. I do too. I, I think they're going to finish middle of the pack, maybe the upper end of the pack in in the South. Um, there's a world where you know they might be better than USC and they can win the South. I don't know. Um, the, the only issue a, is like they they've still got Utah in that division. They got Arizona State. But those are not both gonna, like what I'm saying is they're not going to be a doormat. Yes, they're exactly. not going to be a doormat. You're right. I think they're going to they're going to beat some of the Utah, Arizona's, and Arizona State's, and 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 USC's. I don't think they're getting beat by all three of those teams. I agree. I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a round robin there. They've earned that. They've deserved that. They've gotten to that point. I think where they're better. Um, I, <laughs> I this game, I was off on this game as far as you can be off. Yeah, so, no, same here. I, I expected UCLA to put up 44 points. Now, that didn't shock me, okay? I thought this game would go over. It wasn't a play that I gave out, but I just – I thought it would go over if you told me which one would I take. 
Um, I, but it's all predicated on, I thought it was going to be back and forth. I thought Hawaii would be in this thing every second of the day, maybe, you know, get down by 10, maybe get down by 14, but never any more than that. And always had it kind of maybe a score behind, but, but within striking distance kind of thing of never letting it get ugly. And it was middle of the second quarter and you knew that was strong. Hawaii can't score. Hawaii can't move the offense. Hawaii can't move the football. They can't do anything. What do you think this means for Hawaii going forward? Are they? I think they. I think they. they, They're not going to be as in. They're they're not going to be in as much trouble in the Mountain West this year. Like they they have some games that are still winnable on their schedule and whatnot. I think UCLA is that much better than they are. Okay. Um. But because it's such an early. Uh, game and because they're having apparently some practice issues and whatever else going on on the island. Like, I'm curious if that changes things. And if you and if you're them, and you've got a couple of games. I mean, I don't know the athletic budget of some of these smaller athletic schools. Is it better for them to just like shack up some somewhere on I mean, the west coast the, the, and just stay mainland for I, a couple of yeah, weeks? I mean, I I probably would. Honestly, I, w- I mean, I would think that too. I would think mathematically, hey, it's got to be cheaper. It's got like we're got some funds, but come on, man, we can find a place to to put these guys and to let them stay here. That's just a little bit better. Are you, are you suggesting a bubble? Are you- <laughs> I don't like using the word bubble, Gary. I'm, we're going to get into a nomenclature <laughs> phrase here where it's not going to go well. No, I I do think that um, remember like their home field this year is like a, a miniature soccer stadium. It holds like thirty five hundred yeah. people. Like they they're <laughs> having to do renovations on Aloha Stadium, but they're not that. letting people they're not letting they're, people in anyway. They're so not just, even yeah they're so not even letting sta- people in. So just I, stay on the mainland, and now you're not bringing them back to the mainland with potentially you know the yeah. virus or anything else, and and we're we're okay. Or bring them back to the island. Sorry. Yeah, I am. I am curious about this because Hawaii at least looked decent last year. Like they, yes, yes. Their EPA per play, as far as rushing the ball, was really good. Was, they they played decent defense all year. Like they looked good. This they didn't look anything like I thought they were going to come out looking no. this year. Uh, but there, this also could be part of you know maybe maybe we need to be looking at some of these G five P five matchups as like oh like they haven't seen p5 athletes in two oh, years yeah yeah oh shit that's a that's a way of thinking about it that i haven't thought of yet you're right you're so, right yeah just I, I don't know exactly what direction to go with it yet i want to see an interesting i want to see what happens way. in week one but that that's what i initially thought of was Hawaii hadn't seen anybody like some of these athletes in forever. UCLA brought in a ton of transfers, guys from Alabama and, and wherever else that that made massive plays in this yes. game. And and they ain't seen guys like that. I mean, it's four and five. I do star think guys. there's a world where UCLA's good. Yeah. If you if you told me right now, right now I could have the ticket I could have had yesterday before the game on UCLA winning the Pac-12, I think I I think I'd take it. I think it, it now, was what was it like it, ten to one? I think. Yeah, it was ten yeah. to one. It was. Oh, it was it a ten to one to win the South. Yeah, I was about to say it had to be more than that to win yeah, the, was, win the Pac twelve. Ten to one, but maybe to win it's the ten South. to one to win the South. I, I would take that all day. No, I don't think you're getting that today. Like no. after this game, after you saw this, oh hell no, you're not getting that ticket. No, 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 you're not getting that one. You're not getting that. So without seeing anybody else, I mean USC might look like game busters, and it might be a thing where Hawaii's just really not that good because Hawaii's not used to playing Power Five guys, and and all those things might be true. They looked more competent and capable than than 
any Chip Kelly team has looked since his days at Oregon. Yes. Yes. This was uh, efficiency and speed. Like, he finally is playing with the right pace and the right efficiency that he wants. And what did you, you, you think of the uh, the massive Bruins crowd there? I I did find it hilarious that there were more people watching Fresno and UConn in 120-degree heat than there were watching UCLA and Hawaii. Hang on, Fresno and UConn also had, like, an air advisory because of the forest fires, and yes. people were still – and more people <laughs> went to – the world is burning around them, and more people are like, I think I'll go watch that game than UCLA. Yes, I – it's absurd. I will tell you this: the amount of people leaving Baton Rouge right now for LA is 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 going to be massive. Oh, they they it already had, left before the hurricane. Like they had they Ida had Ida not come in, I don't know that maybe thirty percent of the people that are going to be in LA wouldn't have been there. But since you got to leave anyway, and you're about to get a check from the government for leaving, nope, no better place to go than follow follow, follow the, the Tigers. tigers. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. I'm not laughing at the hurricane. We're we're no. in this. We live in Mississippi, and uh, and we'll everything. Be, I just yeah, we'll be know. dealing with it. We will be dealing yeah. with it soon. So, um, let's. Uh, oh, by the way, obviously thoughts and prayers to everybody that is dealing with the hurricane. Um, you know, we've been paying attention. It's a disaster, like it, like it always is. And of course, on the anniversary of Katrina on Sunday, I mean, it was just. Just ridiculous. Uh, so, you know, well wishes to everybody. Hopefully, everybody is staying safe and all that good stuff. And, you know, if you're listening to us, let us know how things are going. We would love to hear from everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Moving on from there, I, I, I do want to hit on the last two games. Um, I, I'm not going to touch on San Jose State because that was another situation where the, the FCS school, Southern Utah, had not seen anything like what San Jose State has got as far as athletes go. So I don't even think it's worth touching on. Uh, it does kind of make me wonder about San Jose State and USC next week. Like, I, I wonder if USC doesn't blow their doors off just because. I, I was... I was thinking so, the exact same thing, Gary. Yeah, it's a, that line's like 15 and a half, but we'll... It's a, it, yeah, yeah, we'll get there later. Yes, we've we'll got plenty of time we'll, for next week's. We'll get there for SBR and for BetUS, so just we'll, watch we'll the We'll talk about it here, too. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, bit, we'll talk about much. the game, but as yeah. far as our picks and what I go, we'll, we'll yeah, get yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, go, to, um, go to the people that pay us. You got that right. Uh, if you want to start paying us, then we'll tell you here. <laughs> we'll do it here. That's fine. Uh, I, I did notice this, not playing in 2020 looks really bad right now. New Mexico uh, State scored think, three points on UTEP. 
And Gary, home. I think you've got two really bad arguments for that, though. I, I, don't get me wrong. UConn and New Mexico State were already going to be two of the worst teams in FBS, right? They're both independents. They both They could have both terrible. played full 12, 12 game seasons last year. I think they both get the shit kicked out of them the way, exactly the way they did. You, you are probably right, but... Um, I, I'm, I'm going to bring up so the scores, of course, Fresno 45 to nothing over UConn and UTEP 30 to three over New Mexico State. Um, UConn, let's uh, let's bring up UConn stats here. Um, that is uh, that is New York Times national championship winners. Yes, from 2021. Uh, that makes two straight years that the defending national title uh, winner has has gotten blasted in the first game. No offense to your Tigers, but. <laughs> That's kind of that's kind of an asshole move there. <laughs> hey, uh, you, shot I wouldn't look I wouldn't look for. UConn's total EPA in this game negative thirty six point nine three. I don't think I have ever seen that. I how think is, they they barely, how is Randy Etzo employed? I now, hang on now. At this no, point, don't I and don't think he's like just been bad. Randy Etzo's been there forever, and he's been terrible. Yes, he's he's been. About as bad as you can be. Like, it, it does not... I, I don't know how it can get better, right? But I, we also have discussed this before. That university has not put any kind of resources into that program at all. As a matter of fact, they took them out of the AAC to where they don't even have a conference. They don't... They got nothing. I, I, I would normally say they should go down to the championship level, but here's my problem with that. I think they get the shit kicked out of them there, too. Yes, because there's no there's no support from the university. They don't care what happens. Like I I don't understand it at all. Um, looking at so the, so so here's the here's the problem with that. So there's there's nothing we can look at on these two games. Okay, there's nothing to talk about. Here we go. Hold right? on. This is what I wanted to bring up. Uh, UConn yeah, bring that up. Uh, had 107 total yards in this game, um, and they had da, 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 107 total yards. They had 30 passes and 35 rushes. So we are talking like 1.2 yards per play, something like that, um, with New Mexico State. New Mexico State had, let's see, 190 total yards, 89 passing, 101 rushing, and they were abysmal. I mean, just absolutely atrocious. And like, New Mexico State only turned the ball over one time, UTEP turned it over twice. And still beat them by four touchdowns. Like, <laughs> so let me let me talk to you about your your. They don't care about football up in UConn. A few years ago, and maybe two or three, man, they spent like six million dollars on a new locker room for those guys. Now, obviously, that's a drop in the bucket to like SEC country money for like practice facilities and all that stuff. But I, maybe I'm grossly exaggerating this. Maybe it was like a million bucks. I don't know. Maybe a million dollars in up in north, you know, the northeast doesn't go as far as it does down here, which it obviously does not. I assure you. Um, but like they updated their facilities and did a bunch of stuff. Now I think it was all in the locker room. I don't. I, I yeah. I don't. I couldn't. It obviously doesn't look like an SEC school. It doesn't look like even most American schools. Um, but I think they tried to start putting money in, and I think that was a the year they maybe won like a game against some small dinky ass school and they were like why it was why uh, are we it was 2019 yeah i was gonna say i thought it was recently and they were terrible and i think all their hell that wasn't it the last year they were in the american 
Uh, yes, it says this round of good news arrived only a day or two after UConn football was launched into a state of uncertainty by the athletic department's decision to yeah. join the Big East in other sports. Um, so I couldn't, I can't, I can't explain or understand what they're trying to do, but somebody there cares enough about football to have tried to put money into the program. I don't. It's it's not just one person or or even just a handful of people. It is if you do not have uh, university support. Oh if you no, don't have it has to come from administration. Yeah, it's the administration has to be willing to support this thing, and and they don't, and it is brutally obvious. So I don't know what to think about that. New Mexico State, Doug Martin. Uh, I think that he is going to be on his way out after this. We'll see what ends up happening. Well, there, he's but, been there for nine years, also, Gary. Oh, I know, I know. So what is I mean, this, it's not like season? these coaches have been terrible and and like they're just had two or three years to turn things around. They've been terrible and have been there for a decade. Well, they so there was discussion not of Edsel, Martin Edsel left and then came like, back. And, it was it, basically heading into 2020 after the 2019 season. It was like okay, we have got a coach that's got like a couple of years left on his deal, and we don't really feel like paying the buyout. So, oh yeah, but I believe his contract is up at the end of the season. It is, so it's not it going to pay anything to to get no. him out of there. So, I mean, we'll see. I, it just depends on what they feel like doing, what they want to do. Um, but by the way, Fresno State looks absolutely fantastic. I think they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Jake Hayner is awesome. Hey, quarterback. do you think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, or do you think UConn's just that bad? I think UConn is really, really bad. But I if do they think played the Fresno, San Jose, would would that game would have been a lot different, right? Yes, I think it definitely okay. would have been different, but I do think the Fresno State uh, with Ronnie Rivers at, at running back, like they got a ton of weapons at wide receiver, and yep. Kalen DeBoer, like I've, I, you and I have talked about him many times. He's the, the new have. head coach there. He was the yep. OC there under Jeff Tedford, and they were a covering machine. machine. That offense was awesome. And remember, he was at Indiana for one season when they finally got things turned around and started bowling there under Tom Allen, and then he came back and took the head coaching job at Fresno. Like I, I trust DeBoer. Like last no, year, no, I, I do too. I know, do too. I do too. Last I picked year, him in this season. game and 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 everything. And I, you know, and I like I like a school like that going up into the Power Five area and getting a getting a big time transfer quarterback. That's probably your best bet. Like if you're in these smaller G five schools, that's got to be your best bet than recruiting, right? Yeah, is just is just go pick off players that were too good at one point in time to come to your school. They've got a year or two under them, so you don't have as much coaching and training to do. You just bring them in, show them your system, but you kind of know what they can do and know what they can't. And and I like those situations for these G5 schools. Yes. They went up to Washington, got him a quarterback, says, I know what this guy's abilities are. He's not going to start there. Hey, come start for me, baby. Yeah. Fresno's a hell of a lot nicer than Seattle right now. Let's go. Man, of course, right. Fresno catches on fire. So. <laughs> I was about to say, Fresno was like 120 degrees on the field. <laughs> Did you read that tweet uh, where they had they had they different Melted cleats? shoes? They yes. melted. Uh, the, they had to change out their cleats to yes. keep them from melting? Yes. Do you think UConn had the cleats that were melting? Probably. They probably didn't bring extra cleats. Just a guess. Just a guess. <laughs> hey, by the way, do we take anything from the Utah, or not Utah, uh, UTEP beatdown? Like it's Dana Demel's team, like ready to go bowling and stuff, or no, no, I don't think so. Either. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking anything from any of these games outside of the fact that I went three and one this weekend, and and the one game I got two extra bets on, I hit both of those. It was just everything against UConn. Just that makes sense. That just makes insane. sense. Insane. No, I, I bet uh, Fresno first half line. Uh, Fresno first half. UConn's yeah. under team total. Fresno's over team total. 
And uh, and then Fresno for the game was the pick I had. And like that, the only thing I missed on was Hawaii, and I missed way wrong. If you told me that Hawaii was going to score less than 20 points, I would I would have bet a lot of money on that. I think their team total was like 23 and a half, 24 and a half. Yeah, I think it, I think it got um, to 24 and a half by game time. It closed it closed at 24 and a half because that's that's where I gave it out on our live show. Um, but but man, I I'm going to tell you, they no way on earth I thought this team wasn't going to score 20. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of. I was the just same wrong. Way. I missed. That's the only thing I missed. Everything else Saturday, kind of went according to plan. Outside Pizza. of Illinois, actually won the game, which I love seeing. I just didn't have it. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Makes sense. Um, we got three more topics that we're going to hit. Oh, all, let's run. They're all kind of quick heaters. Uh, uh, Big Twelve discussing BYU as a possibly uh, football only member, and this has to do with TV networks that have told them this is the only school in the country that you could bring in that's available right that's from a a g5 perspective on up that you would actually improve your tv contract if you brought them in and i don't find that surprising whatsoever there are actually on average more people that watch byu games even later in the evening than watch big 12 games between all of the other schools not named oklahoma and texas I don't find that super surprising at all. I think that that is the the perfect team to bring in, and the Big 12 is desperate enough that they would be willing to work with a schedule that does not make them play on Sundays, does not, you know, all that kind of mess. Well, that's why, but hang on, if it's football only, they don't have that problem. Uh, true, true. I guarantee you that's the only reason it's football only is because well, they and- don't want to deal with the problems of, basketball scheduling gymnastics scheduling all, all the other yeah. also ran schedules that you got to deal with well and and you would have to buy them out of their um their west coast conference deal which oh would yeah not that's be right they, they're in the west coast conference for everything else that yeah. they're only that's right that works out so you don't want to bring now, them in for that let me you ask just you this is do you think they make more money on their own than they would join in the big 12 though yes i do because so they, why would they do it they no no, no i'm saying they I misunderstood the question. They they make between six and ten million dollars individually, like it just by themselves. By, by themselves, yeah. Um, and they could make fifteen to twenty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, I thought they player. made a lot more than that. Wow. No, no, they're they're solo, and that's that's their football deal with ESPN. Yeah. Their WCC that's deal right. is not worth very much. Not worth anything. I knew, um, and I knew that, but why, yeah. it shouldn't be. That's so fine. between six and ten million by themselves, and they are they stand to make fifteen to twenty if they join the if Big they, Twelve. So what would the Big 12 look like? You'd have nine teams then? They, like they'd have to bring some more guys yeah. in to get them to 12. Just the other schools you're bringing in aren't bringing your value up the way they currently sit, right? Right. I think that you have to move to 12. I think you've got to move to 12 if you're I going to I think you've this. got to as well. Because I, if when you sit at 10 and two of your schools are Oklahoma and Texas, well, yeah, that makes sense because you don't want to you don't want to spread the wealth out too much. And you're already going to be worth a ton of money because everybody knows that those two brands pay for themselves, right? Like, they, they handle it all. When you don't have those two brands, you're going to need some more schools to make better matchups. So, I don't know what direction they go. I've been hearing a lot of rumors about they don't want to bring in Houston because of uh, uh, Fertitta and whatnot. They yeah, Apparently, sure. they have not had good dealings with him. So... Maybe SMU, like to, to maintain a little Texas stronghold, but they've already got three teams in Texas already. I was just about to say, they already have three teams. They would be stupid to bring in another school in Texas. I, I think it would make a ton more sense to bring in Memphis and Cincinnati 
and one other UCF. one. UCF probably. I don't know if they want to extend that far out because UCF is so Why far Why not? You're going to – hang on. UCF ain't no further away than West Virginia. Yeah, I just wonder if they regret the West Virginia thing. Uh, you can regret it all you want. You're getting a, a portion of the fan base that you wouldn't normally get, and getting your ass into Florida ain't a bad thing. No, you're you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. And so, that's yeah. the only school. I'm going to tell you this. I'm really shocked that in five years, UCF will, will bring their value up just based on who they are. And and now people will credit them joining the Big 12 and saying, oh, look, you came here and you were evaluated here. No, they're on that trajectory anyway. They have the largest uh, graduation class every year in the nation. They have the largest amount of alumni every year in the country that are new alumni. This is new money, okay? Yeah. When those guys all get into their 50s, UCF will be a financial powerhouse that you will want to be a part of. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I tend to so, agree. So if you land UCF, that's – I'll tell you this. If the a, the American and the South Thumb Belt somehow does a weird split and and some teams go to the to the stay in the American, whatever, make a new American, and some teams go to the Big 12, whichever one has UCF will be the more dominant program in, in 10 years. Are the more dominant what conference? You think conference? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Because I think the money there is going to bring it, and you're going to have the state of Florida. Yeah, you're you're probably not wrong about that. I mean, you've got you've got USF, which has got a very comparable alumni base, um, but they mm. it's it's not the same. It's not it's the not same. same. No, nope, you are correct about that. All right, we're going to close out with NFL talk, and you know we both really liked the Ravens this year, and yeah. now. J.K. Dobbins has torn his ACL in a preseason game against Washington. Uh, looking at the running back room, they got Gus Edwards, they got Justice Hill, and Justice Hill is questionable. All three of their All starting the wide receivers are questionable right now. Their offense has got some issues, and I don't know what to make of this team without J.K. Dobbins. Like I, I know that that's a lot to put on a running back, but sure. the way that the offense is structured, I felt really good about them when it was him with Gus as the backup. I don't know how I feel about him if Gus is the every-down guy. Uh, how, how do you feel about this? I, I kind of agree. Okay. I kind of agree. I, was, I thought it was strange that losing a running back changes my opinion on the offense, but it was, A, a running back that could run the ball and catch the ball, and I thought that's where most of your points are coming from because the wide receiving core is not good. And so this team is going to throw the ball to its running backs and it's going to throw the ball to its tight ends. And I think they have a tight end that's great. I think they have a running back that's great. But if you take one of those away, man. Yeah. Well, and, man, and I, now, of course, you, Hollywood Brown, questionable, like it, having, having injury issues. Um, you've got... Bateman's uh, questionable. Uh, Bateman, yeah, questionable. Groin injury, all that kind of stuff. Like, who knows how long that'll take to actually fully heal. And if he doesn't sit out, like, it could take even longer. And then, of course, like, Sammy Watkins, he's not, like the best wide receiver in the world, but he is a veteran and he is somebody that can help your locker room. That's somebody that can help your, your receiver core. Like they upgraded, but now they're all hurt. They're all hurt. And if you don't have those guys operating at a hundred percent and now you've got JK Dobbins out, I don't know what to make of the Ravens anymore. Now I do think that if we get into a world where week three, all three of those receivers are back, I think this team is going to look different because they're not going to be so run-centric the way they always have been. I think they could spread the ball out, and I think they could throw the shit out of it if you can get all three of those guys and keep Mark Andrews happy. Um, 
And I think there the run game is going to come from Lamar. And yeah. Uh, yeah. which is where I actually think this team wants to be, by the way. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a scary why, thing in the NFL. They've gotten the big wide receiver and the small, fast, skinny wide receiver and the big, badass tight end. Like, this is why they've built the way they've built it is they want options at all three levels of the passing game because that brings defenders farther away from Lamar. And then if he chooses to run, they got the guys that are actually going to tackle him are a lot farther. They got a long way to go. Yes. And you're trying to tackle somebody head on uh, because nobody's catching him from behind. No, no, you're right um, about that. Like He has more so, open so I, lanes to be able to do that. And, and I think if that's how them, this offense wants to go. Right now, it looks like doom and gloom because I kind of thought the Band-Aid was going to be heavy dose of Lamar, heavy dose of Dobbins, heavy dose of Mark Andrews for a couple of games until these young guys, these other receivers get healthy and acclimated back into the offense and everything like that. And then by week four or five, we're fine. Man, until those receivers get there, this could be some ugly – now, yeah. I trust John Harbaugh, right? And I trust the Ravens' defense – I think we're going to watch. And we're going to judge Lamar Jackson for this, okay? Lamar Jackson's going to be judged poorly for this. I think their first four or five games are going to be ugly. Well, uh, here's, here's We're what talking they got. nine to six ball games oh, yeah. and they, that, are, that are going to be tough to watch. They've got the schedule for it, right? Uh, right. At Vegas, yep. at uh, Kansas City. No, sorry, oh. Kansas City coming to their place. I was about to say, Cummins um, coming to them. That'll be the lowest point score Kansas City scores all year. Hear me now, week two. Probably so, but along with that, the next two games after that, at Detroit, at Denver. Yeah. At, yeah. We, we may see, you know, 6-3 ball games. No, I'm like, telling you. Now, those, yeah, obviously, when Kansas City comes, games. we're not getting 6-3. No. But uh, those other two, and, and hell, maybe even that first one, this defense is going – they're going to have to play a control the clock, control the line of scrimmage. We're going to be Army for a couple of weeks, and we're just going to let the other quarterback sit over there. And if you fall down inbounds, you get bonuses. And if you go out of bounds, you get – you know, we're fining you. And this is just how we're going to do this. We're going to keep this clock ticking every second of this football game until we get into field goal range, let Tucker slap it in, and then we get out of this bastard. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I've heard reports that say Tucker feels if Tucker has told Harbaugh multiple times, I can make a 70 yarder regularly. You've got to let me try them. You've got to let me try them. If he can make 70 yard touchdowns, uh, field goals, field goals. Yeah. I, I, I think we're going to see him try because I don't think they're getting points many other ways. Uh, obviously, unless Lamar breaks something, which he's capable of doing at any moment in time in a game. He's that dynamic. This is why you want him running the ball 22 times a game. Yes. Because all we need him to do is not get hurt 19 of them and break something three of them, and those three could be 21 points, and the ball game is over. Yes. Yes. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Finally, we'll close out with this. We talked on Friday's show when we were discussing the Jacksonville Jaguars. The last question I asked you was, would you trade Gardner Minshew at this point? Because Trevor Lawrence had been named the starter and all that good stuff. Right. Would you trade him? And show as hell, he was traded on Saturday to the Eagles for a sixth-round pick. I always so, knew Urban listened to me. So now, I said a lot of horrible shit about him, <laughs> but he hears it. So now you've got Jalen Hurts, Joe Flacco, and Gardner Minshew in Joe Philadelphia. Flacco, Joe Flacco is not going to be – I think he's going to be released. Uh, maybe so. Maybe I don't so. think they're going to carry three quarterbacks. And 
And I tend to believe that I, I think Gardner could be the starter. Gardner's going to be a starter by at least week four. I think you're probably right. Like I, and there's a world where Gardner might come in, and if he could have played in the last preseason game, there's a world where Gardner might start immediately. Now, the problem we're going to have is, is Jalen Hurts is one of the most likable guys, and there's no question on earth that locker room loves him. Oh, yes, they absolutely love but, him. But but they everybody in football understands this is a meritocracy, and if this guy comes in, he outplays you, and he's better than you. I can like you all day long. I'm catching balls from him. Yeah, like that's that's the issue, right? We We both love Jalen Hurts. There's no doubt he's a great guy. I've never ever said a negative thing about him being a guy, a dude. But he, I never thought he would make it this far in the NFL. No, I never imagined him being a starter in the NFL, no, much less not, a starter in his rookie season. Rookie season, that's like, right. That's right. That just did not make sense to me, it, regardless of going to Oklahoma, right? He, right. There is something about his passes. It's his, it's his mechanics. It's yeah. just... It's the way he knows how to throw a football. It worked in high school. It worked in college. It don't work in the pros. If you don't get the ball out by so many times, how so fast? There's nothing you can do with your legs to make you valuable enough to outrun the throwing motion that you have. Yes. Yes. So, I think we're both on board. What, I'll tell you week this. Four? Week four, it, we the think? Sooner, the sooner Minshew starts, the more I like Devonta Smith as a rookie making waves as a rookie. Because yeah. before before that, I I want to stay as far away as I can from all of the receivers in, in, in the Eagles for any fantasy or for, for any just watching the games and liking them to to you know bet on uh yardage totals or touchdowns or anything like that. I, I was it was a black hole around Philadelphia and I didn't want any part of it. If you put Gardner in there, not that Gardner's, you know, Brett Hall. Yeah, he's not a game Jesus. changer, but like no, but I He's think, than I think Smith and Rager have talent, and I think these guys have skill, and I think they've been held back so much. I think a guy like Garner is going to at least say, hey, man, let a rip, Tater Chip. Let's go. Yeah, We're going to miss. If we're going to lose, let's lose slinging this thing. Yes. Yes, I agree. All right, so here's, here's their schedule to start off with. At Atlanta, against San Francisco, at Dallas, Kansas City, and then you've got at Carolina, Tampa Bay, at Vegas, at Detroit, and then the Chargers. All right, um, I'm going to ask you a question because I already know the answer in my head. Are they any better with Gardner Minshew or without him from a wins-loss perspective? What does he mean, wins and losses? I think that he could get you one more win. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, anything more than a game and a half, he ain't worth it. I love Gardner Minshew, and nobody wants him to be as good as I do because he's funny, he's exciting, he's everything you want to see in this sport yeah, he's a from character. guys. Yes, he's he's great, and I think he's fun to watch. But at the end of the day, he, he might be a game, maybe a game and a half better than Jalen. Yeah. At the end of the day, that we're talking about a backup quarterback. Yes, yes, that's 100% what he is. And and he's fun. He's awesome. But no like you doubt. said, like he's he is a backup quarterback. But I at, at what I think point do we here. make Howie Roseman pay a price for spending a second round pick on Jalen Hurts? At what point do we say, Howie, maybe you're not very good at this? You drafted Carson Wentz with the second overall pick. You traded up to do. You gave up multiple first round picks for Carson Wentz, and then you use the second round pick on Jalen Hurts. At what point? I think Howie is a really good football man because I've seen the team that Super Bowl team that he built. Holy shit! Yes, it was ridiculous. I mean, that was that was 
outside of the quarterback, that team was magical. That team was great at every aspect, all three levels of the game on both sides of the ball. Rare, rare, rare to see it. At some point in time, people had to start looking at the, listen, we do it with Bill. Why is Howie any different? So I think well, I think Howie. When is, are we going to say you're not good at this? You don't get to make this decision anymore. Here, here's the issue. I think he's good at everything, but maybe quarterbacks. I I kind of agree with that. I listen. I'm not. At what well, point in time do we say? See, this is difference. Well, he doesn't have a Josh. He doesn't have a Josh McDaniels in his ear saying, "I want this guy," and Bill being able to trust him. True. Okay? True. The, he doesn't I, I have do, that. I did. I did kind of forget about like they they took Rager over. Uh, Jordan Jefferson. So like Yeah, but a lot of people took really... a lot of guys over Jordan Jefferson. I mean, you know, yeah. Chucky's know. a moron. You know, he took rugs over over Everybody. a couple of guys. Yeah. <laughs> over multiple. <laughs> I would have taken C D. I'd have taken he was definitely the fourth receiver that I would have taken that year and took him first. Uh yeah, I mean, I guess he's done some things that are unorthodox. Taking him over Jefferson doesn't shock me. I don't take that as a slight or an insult. I you know, Jefferson I think came out of not nowhere. No one expected him to be yeah. the dominant receiver out of that draft. Yeah, no, no, you're right about that. I don't so, know. I, I'm I, giving I you a think, pass, but we're you. talking two quarterbacks, and we're talking four or five really valuable draft picks got got invested into two quarterbacks, and and both of them are not any good. And when he took Hurts, everybody in the country was like, like what, what are the you hell? doing? Like, what, are, what, are, what is this? Like, it didn't what, make sense. I, what are we doing? Having him go in the second round, like – it would have made a lot more sense for him to go somewhere where he was going to sit for a while so that he can get acclimated to the speed of the yes. game and everything. Because totally agree. going from like and, and yes, Baker Mayfield has been fairly successful, but it, it took a little bit. Kyler Murray, yes, successful, but more so with his legs than with his arm. If Bill Belichick drafts like, him last year and he gets to play behind Cam Newton for two seasons, and Bill's gonna spend a sixth round pick on him or a fifth round pick on him, then I don't think anybody bats an eye. Right? Right. Nobody cares. Taking him second with a, a very early second or pretty middle second yeah. to the Eagles, I, I just thought was weird. Yeah. I thought was weird at some point in time. Like I said, Bill has offensive coaches that have been with him for a lifetime that he trusts. And I think he's not great at some of this stuff, but he's got other people's ear. I don't know who has Howie's ear. He's May not really be anybody so, anymore. You, you know, you know what's interesting about this. I think, but I don't know. Take taking forever talking good? about something we're, we're supposed to go fast on. But I just found this interesting. Both of the guys that he drafted interview really well, talk really good. They basically talked their way into a job and getting drafted. Is this a thing where I don't want to interview anybody? Like I want to judge these people without knowing who they are personally, because then somebody's going to sell sell themselves to me, and that's not how we need to do evaluations. I don't. I don't believe in not doing the interviews, right? I believe in doing the interviews, but do not let them sway you towards taking one guy over another. Like, let it be something that nixes somebody off the list. The problem like, is that some of these guys are so, I think I, there's no question Jalen Hurts is so likable that if you sit down with him for an hour and a half, you're going to want him in your locker room. Yes. But that's the issue is you don't need him in your locker room because you like the guy. No, you you can have him in your locker room, but you could have had him in your locker room for like a fourth round pick, like <laughs> or a sixth round pick, and he, yeah. and he doesn't have to be your starter. No, so you should have had at least one other backup before him. And this is this is all basically the same question that I had about Cam Newton when we discussed it earlier last week. Was 
you know, does that locker room like him so much that, you know, and obviously this is all super conspiratorial, like, That's right. you know, but it did, did they know that they would get in trouble or that, that Cam would have no. to sit out so that the, 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 can't, Bill, Bill just doesn't care about any of that stuff. No, I don't, I don't figure he does, Bill, Bill, but I do wonder about that, that stuff will never, never affect the Patriot locker room and everybody knows it. But the reason it won't is because Bill's been doing it for 22 years the same way. And everybody knows the deal. Yeah, that's it. You can't start. We've never done it this way. And now I'm in Philadelphia and I want to start doing it this way. No, no, no. When you first start doing it, you're going to have problems and you got to be okay with the problems that it brings. I can see this being a problem. Yeah. No, but I'll right. tell you this. At some point in time, the guys the guys in the locker room know who the best players are. That's, that's the thing that always absolves everything. I've listened to people try to tell me, oh, the vaccinated and unvaccinated are going to uh, split the locker room. Oh, this politician and that politician are going to split the locker room. And you know what? It never does. No, because it it's never, all about winning. It never does. Because at some point in time, once outside of the football game, they might all hate each other. But they all understand we need each other and we work together for these hours throughout the day, these hours on Sunday. We all go to work and it's in my best interest for the best player to play because I look better when I'm catching passes that are catchable than than struggling to catch passes. You, it's better for me to for, for the best player to be playing. You are describing the 2017 Alabama locker room. That's what you're doing. Like it, it, the receivers on that team, remember it was Jerry Judy and Ruggs yeah, and, Ruggs, uh, and Smitty and Waddle uh, was there. And Waddle and uh, like they were discussing. Yes. Like they wanted Tua to be their quarterback, but Jalen had been the quarterback for two years at that point. And, 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 and they all had knew, one loss. Yeah. Had one loss in a national championship game by, That's by it. one point. Like they wanted a, a quarterback that could throw the football and they were coming off of the field against Auburn when they got beat by like two touchdowns or whatever. They were livid and going into practices towards the playoff because they didn't know if they were getting in the playoff, but they ended up going into those practices to a split the reps at the, at the one, like they didn't need him against, uh, against Clemson that year, but no. heading into that national championship game, like you saw what happened. They get into halftime. They flip it. Let's go. And he was already prepared because he'd been playing with the ones. So that's exactly what it is. Like the everybody loves Jalen, but if Minshew's better, I don't think you're gonna have any kind of locker room problem. I, that's it. You got to give the guy a chance because the right guy's gonna weed out, and the locker room will take care of itself. It just always does, Gary. Yes. That's what people the NFL who is. people who bring that kind of stuff up are people that haven't spent time in locker rooms. I haven't spent a lot of time in a locker room. Hell, I quit playing football early in high school. Okay. But I know enough about locker rooms, and I spend enough time with guys who do spend time in locker rooms or have. I I just understand how this stuff works, man. There are no politics in that room when yeah. you're going about your business. There there are no you're vaxxed and I'm not, or I'm vaxxed and you're not, and I don't want to be around you. Hell no. If if we're offensive linemen, we're asshole to asshole in that place, baby. We are hip yes. to hip, and nobody is coming through. Yes, you're right. You're right. All right, you ready to get out of here? Let's go. Let's do this thing. Is anybody or anything broken? I'm trying to look. No. Uh, uh, I, I, well, of course, it's hard for me. All of my news is, is Ida. So 
Yeah, no, that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, all the hurricane stuff, again, you know, well wishes. You know, we're hoping everybody's okay. Uh, if you've been down in it and all that good stuff, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know what's, uh, what's going on, what it looks like, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we the Saints are going to practice at Cowboys Stadium. I, I saw that. I don't know if we, we – not even worth talking about for us, really. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, there's it, it, we, we got another week of college football coming up. Uh, LSU, by the way, you boys are in Houston practicing, getting ready for yeah, the UCLA game. So, uh, Tulane has got Oklahoma coming in next weekend, and they are in Birmingham right now riding this uh, thing out. I was about to say, they've already moved. I thought they moved. A couple days oh, ago. Oh, shit, they went to Birmingham. I thought yeah. they went to uh, to Texas also. Nope, nope, they are in Birmingham. So, I think UAB is okay. putting them up. So, pretty nice, pretty nice. Not too shabby. All right. Let's dive out. Go to winningcureseverything.com. That is the site that's got everything that you need to know about us. Every show, every appearance, everything, everything is going to be right there. If you have not subscribed either to the YouTube page or to the podcast, make sure that you do that on the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review. If you're watching the show, make sure and like the video and uh, and jump into the comments. We would love to hear from you, so definitely knock that thing out. We have a show on BetUS. Well, I have a show on BetUS. Chris has a show on SBR. There's a link in the description for both. It is our college football shows, and we do multiple per week. So go ahead and subscribe to those channels as well, where you can catch our college football coverage throughout the week. Very easy to do. And, of course, as always, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. There is a link in the description that's got the promo code already built into it. But if you just want to go to BetUS.com by yourself, you can do that. And you can enter the promo code NCAAF2021. You can get a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. That is sportsbook exclusive. So if you feel like gambling on football all season long, which you should, and be smart about your bankroll, by the way. We want to go ahead and get that advisory out there. But you can do that. 125% deposit bonus. It's awesome. NCAAF 2021, BetUS, where the game begins. Let's sign out of here. Chris, this has been fun. I'm glad that we have real live football back. I am ready to talk about it all week long. And with that said, you guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.